For the next hour, you'll be leaving the show me state and entering the show me the money state. So stop what you're doing, grab a pen, and get ready to learn, people. Because you're tuned to the Ozarks' number one show about your money. Randy Floyd, founder of Floyd Financial Group, will be your guide for straight talk about living the life you deserve in retirement. Prepare to be empowered. Now, here's your show me the money host, Randy Floyd. Good morning and welcome to Show Me the Money with Randy and Jake Floyd, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name is Jeff Shade and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions. But the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Randy and Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. First off, Randy, how you doing today? Doing very well, Jeff. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. And Jake, how's this Saturday morning treating you? You know, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to come up with $3,500 for one of these fancy (laughs) new Apple VR headsets. (laughs) That is what we call a first world problem. Is that it? It's definitely a first world (laughs) problem. You know, I was watching the Apple reveal. So they do their online deal where everybody can watch. So they have like a certain amount of live audience. It's maybe a thousand people, something like that in Cupertino. Yeah. Um, At their developer conference, they have like booths set up so people can try a version of it and that kind of thing. And But it's mainly... a software get together for the worldwide developers conference at wwdc is what it's called but i was watching that and as they they brought up the vr headset and they were telling all the features of it and all that and then they they brought it up and everybody <laughs> knows apple's format because they were about to announce the price and yeah they said for $34.99. Everybody goes, <gasps> <laughs> Suck the air out of the room. <laughs> well, there was a lot of analysts expecting it to be maybe 2000 and everybody's yeah. like, surely it won't be that expensive. You know? Well, for a family of five, you'd have to take out a second mortgage on your house. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, they created a vacuum in that room when they announced that price of $34.99. Call it $3,500. Bucks. I don't know. Of course, know. you know, in the world we live in, who knows? We may be going out for a nice dinner to char or somewhere and you'll probably see a couple of people with their headsets on sitting across the table from each other i can't wait to see that we were talking off the air about how disturbing it is to see people who go out and you know it's supposed to be a social thing to have dinner and they're on their phones they're not even communicating with each other i mean that is terrible i mean i don't know that i don't know that they would notice if they had the headset on or not (laughs) that is odd well anyway there's a lot to talk about and i want to discuss how people are planning to pay for that uh, vr headset but let's start off with some of the things that are happening in current events. I mean, I understand we've got more jobs, but more unemployment. What's that mean? Yeah, so last week, or it's been about, I guess, eight or nine days ago, we had a couple of jobs reports on Jobs Friday and all that. But what's interesting is for a long time now, for you know over 18 months, we've been having this situation where we have very few unemployed, very few people filing continuing unemployment claims, and more jobs being created. And so we've talked about a lot on this show that that is really the driver for inflation. Mm -hmm. If I have, if I have lots and lots of jobs needed and nobody to fill them, the only logical thing to do is to offer more money, right? Right. So if everybody's making more money, that simply is going to push the price of things up. If we raise the minimum wage to $20 an hour, that doesn't really fix the problem. And I know that's a fairly controversial thing to say, but you know, if we raise the minimum wage, the, the people working at McDonald's, to $20 an hour. Wow. 
uh, all that's going to happen is the price of the burgers are going to have to go up to yeah. compensate for that. Right. And so that's where you get inflation. And so we're now seeing where we're still creating more jobs, but we're starting to see more unemployed at the same time, which creates an even bigger gap between the amount of people looking for work and then the jobs that are actually available. So it's really going to put a lot of pressure on the Fed looking forward to maybe not stop raising rates yet. I know a few weeks ago we were thinking that they may pause here, and they may, but it's going to be hard to pause when all the pressures you've been working against are really speeding back up where we had them on the run going down. Well, I think the other thing, too, to point out here, Jake, is, you know, what's been said and we've been seeing in the headlines for the past couple of months that people are now using AI mm -hmm. and remote work to have three and four jobs at one time that yeah. they're doing. Mm -hmm. So this is how we could actually have that where more jobs are created and unemployment goes up. But right now, though, we're seeing the opposite right now. I mean, I agree. I think AI could be a solution for inflation over the medium term, but because we would see those numbers show up in the available jobs numbers if somebody was doing three or four jobs at the same time. And I know there are people out there using ChatGPT to do three or four right. times the amount of work that they could normally do, and mm -hmm. especially customer service type jobs or like copywriters, for example, writing papers, things right. like that. So. Uh, it's because, I mean, you know, I could pay $2,000 to have somebody write me a paper on XYZ research or something, or I can go to ChatGPT for free 99, as I like to say. Right. Uh, but for nothing. <laughs> and you go in there and you say, hey, write me an article on this, yeah. uh, you know, reference this article and look forward and give the likely results of the future. And it'll spit it out in about two minutes, right. and then you're done, and it costs you nothing. So mm -hmm. um, there's people leveraging that to do more work, uh, get paid more money, but we're really not seeing enough of that yet to counteract mm -hmm. the jobs numbers. So right, right now it's still looking like we may see a little bit of a return of more inflation instead of it going down the way it has been. Right. Well, the, the IMF, you know, they were thinking they were going to leave rates but they just raised a quarter point. So that was something that they did not expect over there. The other thing I would say is, you know, we get the numbers on the CPI, the PPI, the GDP and all that. And what we're noticing still is we're having a slight decrease in productivity for the people that are working still today, even with, you know, AI and all those things that we're seeing. Yeah, and you piqued my interest a couple of weeks ago because I didn't know about chat GBT. I think that's what you call it. And I went on it and I just did that. I did exactly what you said. I told it, write me a 2,000 word article on uh, retirement planning in today's volatile economy. And it came up with a 2,000 word article that was reasonably good. And it spit it out in about 30 seconds. Yeah, and you have to be a little careful because it's definitely not perfect. No, um, no. And as some attorneys around the countryside are figuring out so there was some attorneys that used it to write briefs for actual cases right and it cited improper cases or mm. cases that didn't exist inside the brief and they didn't check it and they turned it in so now they're they're in hot water for yeah. sure uh, i don't know exactly what's going to happen there but it's definitely going to be interesting to see how all this unfolds so yeah definitely don't just assume it's right yet right it is a little bit scary using it how easy it is and how it just kind of takes over for you after you do the input 
Yeah, it was kind of fun to play with, but as you said, it isn't entirely accurate, and some of the things I asked it to write, too, really just skimmed the surface of what I really wanted. We're talking with Randy and Jake Floyd here about current events. We're talking about jobs hiring last month. Hiring surge last month. U.S. employers added about 339,000 jobs. The jobs report, Randy and Jake, is one of several factors that the Fed will need to consider when it decides whether to continue raising interest rates when policymakers meet next month. Besides the jobs report, is there anything else that they would consider when it comes to uh, figuring out if they want to raise these interest rates yet again. So they're going to watch the CPI and PPI numbers. So CPI is consumer price index. PPI is producer price index. So a lot of the producer price index goes into the CPI. And so if they watch those numbers and they kind of watch the correlation and how those numbers were affected last month to this month, they're going to watch that coupled with the jobs environment. But I think really... As long as inflation does not get down to 2% and the prices are not coming down, they're going to keep their foot on the gas until Mm -hmm. something breaks. That's really, I think, what a lot of people are discounting is I think it's less about how much they can raise and it's more about what they can get away with before they start to really put too much pressure on the banking system, lending. And I got to tell you, I think we're pretty, pretty close to uh, a limit of how much certain sectors can take and a limit of how much risk banks are wanting to take because payments are getting higher and higher. People are more and more leveraged. I mean, now they have to go buy this Apple VR headset. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things to consider in life. And so when they are doing this, there's a lot of banks that are going to hit their limit. They're going to say, you know what? I don't want to take any more risk. I'm going to start closing people's credit accounts, Mm -hmm. lowering their limits. And when that starts, it will gain steam and it'll start happening everywhere. And so Mm -hmm. I really think we're in the final throes of how much credit people have left. And that second mortgage to buy these VR headsets uh, you know, used to be only 4%. Now it's 8 Oh yeah, 9% on those home equity line of credits. So be careful out there. Well, and a lot of people uh, on the mortgage front, you know, people only look at what the perfect credit score person pays. Yeah, and they of course. say, yeah, mortgages are 7.2% or whatever. But the average person is paying a lot more than what the best mortgage rate is. Yeah, in order to get the best rate, I mean, you got to have an 850 FICO score. And if you're coming in at 600, you're not going to get that best rate. Yeah, on mortgages, uh, I think the high band is 770. Okay. So there's there's quite a few people that do have 770 credit scores, but right. there's a lot of people, especially in the younger people, that are between 700 and 770, and there's quite a lot of difference in the rates and that kind of thing. And, and again, it's going to come down to the same thing, where the bank's appetite for risk is going to determine what those rates are. And at some point, the spreads, mean the difference between how much you're paying versus what your credit score is, will start to widen out because banks will be like, hey, if you got good credit and you're not very leveraged, we're still willing to do this. But if you don't, we don't want it at any price. Well, Randy, I think I've got the answer there for getting that second mortgage at 8% to buy that VR headset. Why don't I take the five credit cards that I have in in total, the $3,500 in credit that I have left on those, and we'll just buy it with that. And we'll go ahead and finance that at something like 27% because after all, we can't go on unless we have a VR headset. We're talking with Randy and Jake here at Floyd Financial Group. Let's try to squeeze this one in, gentlemen. Debt limit. I guess this was sort of a disaster deal. What's your opinion on that? Yeah, so I just wanted to tell people kind of what we thought about the the debt limit increase because there was a lot of things said on both sides of the aisle and everything. And I mean, if we're going to call it like it really is, the Republicans basically just caved or the majority of them did. Rhinos, yeah. 
Yeah, Jeff, basically what happened is they just caved to Biden. Um, and I think the savings uh, was around $12 billion, best mm -hmm. people could say, on a $4 trillion number. So that's basically nothing. And the, and the $12 billion, you have to count it a certain way to get there. So we really had an opportunity probably there to let it go a little bit longer and reduce some of the spending. I don't think anybody wanted to default, and I don't think we would have defaulted, but we, we rolled over pretty easy there. And we're not reducing the spending and you know there's no end in sight and the spending just keeps getting bigger and bigger so at some point we are going to have to rein that in and you know i was a little disappointed to see that we didn't rein it in a little bit more well since congress finalized the debt limit deal we're in the clear right well the treasury department's going to have to raise randy roughly a trillion dollars in the next three to six months by selling bonds to replenish its accounts and pay for the extraordinary measures it's been taking so what does that mean for the economy well, I think a couple of things, Jeff, before we get to the economy. Number one, we have to find people willing to spend a trillion dollars now and invest it in the U.S. Now, do I think that's going to happen? I think, yes, it will. However, what people didn't realize, it's not just as simple as, hey, we're going to raise the debt ceiling and print money. No, we have to have people that are willing to invest so that we can have that money to pay bills with. So it's one of those things that actually has a lot more long-lasting ramification than most people would think as far as our government. And, you know, we're going to have to offer a decent rate of return or nobody's going to buy those bonds either. So it just adds to our debt and adds to the fact that we have higher price debt that in the future sometime we're going to have to refinance. And that's going to put pressure on the economy all around. Again, it's just going to keep the price of, of funds and money. It's going to tighten up the supply from a lot of people. If we can, if they can buy a 5% bond or a 4% bond versus looking at the market, a lot of them will do that looking for safety, which will keep the market down, which will drive profits down on the market and drive us into the recession. Well, there's no doubt that these are some volatile times that we're living in right now. Of course, we've been talking about current events with Randy and Jake Floyd, Floyd Financial Group. Maybe our listeners are wondering, well, how does this all apply to me? How does it apply to my ability to save for retirement, to plan for retirement in which I'm not only going to survive, but I want to thrive in? Well, I think the answer is to have a plan and to get your plan at no cost and no obligation. All you've got to do is get in touch with Randy and Jake of Floyd Financial Group. Sit down and have a conversation about that. Get your answers. It'll help you on the road to retirement. To do that, call 417-889-7233. 417-889-7233 for your no cost, no obligation, no judgment financial review with Randy and Jake. You can also get it by going out to the website, which is floydfinancialgroup.com. It's floydfinancialgroup.com. You're listening to Show Me the Money. Thank you for joining us here in this fine Saturday morning. We'll take a quick break. Be right back with more of our show right here on 104.1 KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Hi, this is Randy Floyd, founder of Floyd Financial Group. If you're over 59 and a half and have the bulk of your savings in a 401k plan, you're going to want to hear this. We're big fans of 401k plans, but when you get close to retirement, they might not be the right investment for you. While they offer great tax advantages in your working years, they also come with big tax bills potentially when you start taking withdrawals. By nature, 401k plans are designed for a younger, more risk-tolerant workforce, not someone nearing retirement. That means if the market should take a tumble, your 401k plan might not have the kind of protection that you need. 
Here's the great news. If you're 59 and a half or older, you can likely move your current 401k plan to a more suitable investment without penalty. Call Floyd Financial Group today at 417-889-7233 to learn how, or you can request an appointment through floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com or call 417-889-7233. Advisory services offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC. As the world and our country resets from the pandemic, new challenges are arising every day. Inflation, rising interest rates, volatility in the stock market, and geopolitical threats. While we can't control what happens in the world around us, we can control how we protect ourselves from what comes our way. Randy and Jake Floyd at Floyd Financial Group have built their business by helping people right here in Springfield defend their retirement plans so they can be prepared for times like these. This means having a strategy to combat inflation and minimize exposure to risk. The commitment to be a trusted partner and ally to the hundreds of families they serve through good times and bad is the philosophy that Floyd Financial Group has been built on. If you're anxious about the future of your wealth, your ability to combat inflation and exposure to risk, Floyd Financial Group is here to help you. For a no-cost, no-obligation, no-judgment financial review, call 417-889-7233 or request it online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Advisory services offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC. Ready for a heap been helping of some more real talk thought so here's another serving of show me the money with your server randy floyd welcome back to show me the money i'm jake floyd in this segment we're going to be talking about cryptocurrency and coinbase and binance getting sued yeah and uh i you know i hear i thought that we were done with cryptocurrency at least talking about cryptocurrency but it's raised its ugly head again according to the headline jake the sec is suing coinbase and accusing coinbase of breaking market rules what's this story all about Basically, what they're saying is that Coinbase and Binance and Ripple, who has the cryptocurrency XRP, they're accusing them of selling unregistered securities. And so if you look at the definition of a security, I think that's a pretty big stretch to make because these are clearly commodities, right? They're not currencies by definition. They're commodities. So they're similar to gold or copper or lumber uh, or corn or, or those types of things. Um, a security has to be, you know, a security is like a stock or a mutual fund or something like that. And the argument that they're trying to make is that they're not registered with the SEC. The SEC wants to take purview. They want to pull this under their umbrella of things that they want to regulate. And it's kind of a power grab, really. So last week we saw Binance first get sued by the SEC and other, you know, regulating bodies have been looking at them and then we saw here in the States, Coinbase is another big cryptocurrency platform. And so as we look forward here, the outcome of these cases with the SEC are really going to determine you know, who gets to regulate these currencies. But it's ultimately going to bring legitimacy to the industry because right now it's kind of like the uh, the redheaded stepchild of investments where you know you never quite know which ones are totally fake and which ones are here to stay and there's thousands of these different currencies now a lot of which have gone totally belly up or become near worthless that kind of thing i do think though that bitcoin ether and a couple of other ones are going to be here looking forward because the platforms that they're built on blockchain 
is not going anywhere. And from a cybersecurity standpoint and from you know just a utilization standpoint, blockchain is definitely here to stay. And so if blockchain's here to stay, then that means Bitcoin and Ether and some of these other ones are also here to stay. So I really think the outcome of this, you know, it's going to take a couple of years probably, but the outcome is is going to be legitimacy of at least a handful of these cryptocurrencies. So the entire cryptocurrency market, I guess, is in the red on this news, including declines of, what, 5 and 10% in most of these tokens that you were talking about. I mean, crypto as a whole was really hit hard by this news. Yeah, it was. And arguably the stocks were hit even harder. I think on like an hour after they said that they were going to sue Coinbase, Coinbase was down like 20% Mm -hmm. uh, intraday, which is a couple of billion dollars of market cap or something. So, you know, it's definitely a big deal. But I think what the outcome here will be is that the SEC and the court system will determine that the SEC probably does not have purview here because it's more likely that they're going to be regulated either as a commodity or as a currency. Again, I think I don't think that it's a currency, but it's easier to make the case that it's a currency than it is to make the case that it is a security. But ultimately, the CTC that regulates commodities will likely get the nod at the end of this to regulate the cryptocurrencies. But once they are regulated, there's a lot of people that are terrified to jump into cryptocurrency because it, it's the Wild West, and it is. Yeah. I mean, we we saw what happened with Mr. Big Brain, Sam Bankman, freed (laughs) and you know he was one of the most trusted guys you know shook hands of presidents and world leaders all over the place the Mm -hmm. senate stood up for him and then he was just stealing money underneath i mean (laughs) so it is the wild west right now and once they start to get it regulated though i think the the average person will be much more likely to invest and it could potentially have another leg up once that happens so i want to interject one thing here and I think this is this is important too. So what actually gives cryptocurrency, or in this case, let's talk about Bitcoin, what actually gives it its value? What do you think it is that gives it its value? So I think the main thing that most people would say that are self-proclaimed Bitcoin maximalists, I think what they would say is the absolute finiteness of the amount of coins out there or scarcity. So what gives gold its value in a lot of ways is, number one, it's kind of pretty to look at. It doesn't tarnish, but there's only so much of it out there. Gold is a fairly rare mineral. I mean, it's not as rare as a lot of people would have you believe, but it is difficult to mine and very expensive to mine. And so that's why gold has the value that it does. Similarly, Bitcoin is also very expensive to mine. And as time goes on, it becomes more and more and more expensive to mine. But there's only ever going to be 21 million Bitcoins ever. And they lost some of those already, They right? have lost a good portion of those. <laughs> They're in, there's, in, there's... in the couch cushion. <laughs> Are you kidding? In the cosmos. Yeah. I mean, I can't see buying my wife, uh, you know, a pair of crypto earrings. I just don't quite get it. I mean, well, it's made up and... of nothing, but you say there's a finite amount, and then you're talking about it's harder to mine. I can't imagine some guy covered with crypto going into a mine, but I don't know. It's just something that's just hard for me to wrap my brain around. <laughs> so to be perfectly clear, I am not a Bitcoin maximalist like right. some of these people, right? right? I could take or leave Bitcoin. It's just my job to watch different types of, of, of investments, different right. types of, of course, yeah. things and watch kind of where there's money to be made and where there's not. Right. But I do think that the scarcity of Bitcoin is the part that really, there's, there's a lot of these people that think it's the ultimate inflation hedge because there will never be any more of it. So if there's just more currency, then every Bitcoin then becomes more worth more 
per Bitcoin. So I think I think the other thing here is that has made it valuable, at least in the past, is the fact that you can do business and it's really not traceable. And so people with nefarious business operations... Criminals, we call those. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that what it is? <laughs> I, was try- I was trying to be kind. But, but, yeah. but not only that, and we see this today with all the cybersecurity problems we have, it's also a way to transfer money around the globe or wherever you want it to go, and people really can't hack it and take it is really what right. it gets So that's to. the blockchain technology underneath. It's, you know, it's very, very difficult to hack. And I won't, I won't get into all the nuances of that. But yes, I think it's relatively secure as long as you remember your password. Yeah. And so um, there's been several <laughs> stories. Which... Of, there's one guy that had, um, he, he had, at the height of the Bitcoin thing, he had... Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how many bitcoins it was. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was it was about six hundred and forty million dollars worth of bitcoin, and he had forgotten his password. Oh my God. And so, when you're holding bitcoin direct, not at like a Coinbase or whatever, you don't have any password recovery option. And if you don't come up with the password after, I think in his case it was eight or ten tries, the account locks and it's gone forever. Oh my gosh! Uh, it's called burning cryptocurrency, or, or there's there's some other words for it, but basically you're destroying that currency because it's it's effectively gone forever which makes it even more scarce so that's what Randy was talking about earlier there's 21 million bitcoins but i think depending on who you talk to depending on how you calculate it roughly 5 million of those bitcoins have already been lost and so it's going to be an ever declining amount of bitcoin which it just makes you know those types of people even more excited that they own some so if the boomers and the greatest generation all go out and bought bitcoin and they all lost their passwords pretty soon there wouldn't be any bitcoin <laughs> yeah, then right. what's it worth that's right well <laughs> it'd be worth it'd be worth quite a bit per coin that's yeah for sure. well, I, I would imagine well, so you, you might have uh, seen a few weeks ago if you're on social media on the news that bitcoin pizza day was trending really and so i think it was in 2010 this guy got tired of waiting for bitcoin to perform this is very early on bit days and so he called his pizza place and he said i'm going to buy two pizzas for 10,000 bitcoin <laughs> and so bitcoin at the time was worth pennies a piece yeah anyway so that so they agreed to do it it was, the, it was the first known bitcoin transaction for actual purchase of goods but it's also probably the most expensive pizza ever bought I because bet. of it at today's value it's worth about 250 million dollars wow <laughs> and so you talk about hating your life yeah you know uh, <laughs> what's but, it worth to get it in 30 minutes you're free 250 million bucks yeah <laughs> that's it 250 million is a pretty steep price to pay for a couple of pizzas but there's quite a few different stories like this where people had sold their bitcoin they bought it at a penny and they sold it at 13 cents each and thought they'd died and gone to heaven you know mm-hmm. and then later it went to 65,000 a coin or a little over but it, it is an interesting phenomenon i agree and, and there's a lot of people say it's very nebulous and that you know i don't see how it can have value but you have to understand that all the things that we think have value only have value because we've decided that they do including the hundred dollar bill in your wallet mm-hmm. right or the gold necklace you have on, or a priceless piece of art, mm-hmm. right? The values of those things are only what we decide that they are, or what the, the highest bidder is willing to pay. And so the same is true of Bitcoin, and you know it is finite, and there can't ever be any more. But I think another thing that people like about it is that it cannot be manipulated. Because, uh, and some people may know this, some people may not know this, um, nobody actually knows who created Bitcoin. 
they've given the person who did it a moniker of Satoshi Nakamoto mm-hmm. <laughs> that a lot of people, you know, they credit him or her, but it's it's just kind of a placeholder. You know, it's like Spider-Man. Nobody really knows who he is, you know. But, yep. um, you know, he created Bitcoin and, and it's it's irrevocable. It can't be changed. It can't be revoked. It can't ever create more. And so that's what a lot of the Bitcoin people really like about it is it's it's maybe the the ultimate anti-Fed statement. We've been talking with Randy and Jake Floyd, Floyd Financial Group, discussing cryptocurrency in the news these days and what the future of that may be. If you'd like to talk with Randy and Jake about your individual investing situation, see how well you are on the road to retirement, get a retirement plan which you not only survive, but you also thrive. Call Randy and Jake and get your no-cost, no-obligation financial review to put yourself on the road to retirement. To get yours, 417-889-7233. No cost, no obligation for this plan. Once again, it's 417-889-7233. You can also request your no-cost, no-obligation, no-judgment retirement roadmap plan with Randy and Jake by going out to the website floydfinancialgroup.com. It's floydfinancialgroup.com. Time for a break. Randy and Jake will come right back with more of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Hi, this is Randy Floyd from Floyd Financial Group. At Floyd Financial Group, we pursue excellence in the delivery of wealth and comprehensive retirement planning. We help you develop a plan to achieve specific outcomes so that you can use your life savings to make an impact you desire. We speak your language so you can clearly understand all the components of your plan. Here at Floyd Financial Group, our client relationships are at the core of everything we do. We cherish the relationships we've built with our clients over the past years, and we have earned their trust and confidence in our retirement process. Retirement should be more than about just money. It should be about the people and things that are most important to you. If you'd like to meet with us to discuss your life goals and financial opportunities, schedule a free financial review with no obligations. Our number is 417-889-7233. That's 417-889-7233. Or visit us online at floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. Advisory services offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC. Do you know who your financial advisor is really working for? It may not be you. Do you know if they're a fiduciary? Randy Floyd Floyd Financial Group is a registered investment advisor, and his firm is proud to be fiduciaries, which means they're legally bound to serve you and your best interests above their own. Advisors working for retail banks are held to a suitability standard, meaning their first legal obligation is to protect the banks they work for, and maybe not you. At Floyd Financial Group, now more than ever, they're concerned about protecting your savings rather than taking more risk than you'd like to take in the stock market. At Floyd Financial Group, as fiduciaries, they're committed to your future and overall financial well-being, not to shareholders. If you're not sure who your financial advisor is working for, call Floyd Financial Group today at 417-889-7233 to schedule a no-obligation complimentary review of your financial plan. Find out more about the firm at floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. Back with your financial catch of the day, and it's a big one. Here's more Show Me the Money Radio with your host, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about bonds and have they lost their place in your portfolio or just where are we in the scheme of this whole stock market and bond market? And Randy, I just read that bonds are now positively correlated with stocks. First, can you explain what that means and why it raises concern for the stock bond portfolio? 
Yeah, so let's go back in history and let's talk about, we probably need to go back to 1980. And people say, why in the world would you need to go back to 1980? Well, that was the last time that we had really high interest rates. And if we look back over our shoulder, we had 10-year treasury bonds, which are basically where we give the government our money for 10 years. And they pay us an interest payment every six months. And then at the end of 10 years, they give our principal back to us. So, you know, looking back over our shoulder there, if you had a million dollars in a 10-year bond portfolio from the government, you'd have collected about 15%. So you're at $150,000 a year in income that you would have collected off there. So a lot of people thought that was a really great thing to do. And I think it was, you know, today, if we look at where we are with the 10-year treasury bill, even though it's off of its low, we're at about 3.7, maybe 5%, 3.6, somewhere in that range. We've been as low as 0.53. So why do I tell you all this? What does this mean? So it used to be the retiree portfolio was a 60% stock, 40% bond portfolio. That was the old reliable portfolio. And here's what happened from 1980 through about August of 2020. While it was a jagged mountain range on the chart, on the graph, it was basically that interest rates went down since 1981. They just went down overall every year until they bottomed out in August of 2020. Now, what does that mean? When we look at bonds and what the value of a bond is... Jeff, if I have a bond that pays 10% and I want to sell it in an environment where the best paying bond I can buy pays 5%, Mm -hmm. is my 10% bond worth more or less than the current 5%? Well, the answer is it's worth more because it pays more money, right? Right. It pays more interest. Mm -hmm. So when, when interest rates are falling, that generally means that your bond is worth more than you paid. When interest rates are rising, that means that your bond is going to be worth less than you paid. This is kind of what's happened to some of the banks here of late with the Fed funds rate going up from zero in March of 2022 to 5% here in June, May and June of 23. That's what's put a lot of pressure on the banks. You know, when they had to go liquidate fixed income to give people their money when they had a run on the bank at Silicon Valley and these different banks that had problems. That's part of what caused that issue out there. So all of a sudden, if we look back to 1980 through about 2020, I mean, that's 40 years of where bonds always were worth generally more than I paid for them. Mm -hmm. And when stocks had problems, people knew that their bond portfolios would be pushed up in value because they paid more interest than what they could currently buy. And so that always helped to kind of offset the ups and downs of the stock market because your bond portfolio would kind of rally in there for you and prop you up. And then you knew on the other side of that that, After a while, after we had a little reset or a cycle or a a business cycle, we knew that the stock market would come back around and be ready to run up again, and we would get the run up on the stock market side. So generally speaking, you know, when stocks are falling, bonds are going up, Mm -hmm. and when bonds are going down, stocks are are going up. Now, you have to look at that from a couple of perspectives. One is it's the price of a bond or the yield of a bond. So the price of a bond, let's say I pay 100 bucks for a 2% bond, and now interest rates are 5%. If I want to sell my bond because I need more than just my $2 interest per year, 
I'm going to have to discount my bond to make it yield close to what the rate is today or nobody will buy it. So we're in this situation right now where with rising rates and them being quite a bit higher than where they've been over the past years, we have a different scenario than we have seen over the last 40 years looking back over our shoulder. So are bonds out of favor right now? Actually, if you don't own any bonds, now could be maybe a good time to buy some bonds. And you say, well, why would that be? Yeah. Many people think that Jerome Powell, our Fed chairman, is about to stop raising interest rates. Now, I'm not so sure that's true, but I will say this. He went from zero to 5% in a year. And, you know, he may have a little bit more to go, but the most of that is done. So if I buy bonds now and I feel that bond interest rates, that the Fed funds rate is going to go down looking forward, that would mean I'm going to have a higher paying bond than probably people are able to buy in the future, which means that I not only get my higher interest rate payment, but my bond is also worth more now because it pays more. This is the first time we've seen this really in any quantity since we had that last time from 1980 down through 2020. So once again, when interest rates go up, bonds are worth less. When interest rates go down, bonds are worth more. That's a good reason for us to keep a good eye on interest rates. We're talking with Randy and Jake here at Floyd Financial Group. We're talking about bonds in your portfolio. Are there some other options besides bonds to consider for your portfolio if bonds are just confusing for you? Yeah, I know that what I said there was a mouthful, and we kind of yeah. got off into the weeds there. But yeah. I often tell people, and when people come in to see us, I draw a teeter-totter up on, on the – we have a whiteboard in the in the conference room. Right. And that kind of helps them to understand that relationship. <laughs> yep. So, you know, I would say this. You know, bonds in 2022 lost money just exactly – we're talking about correlation here yeah. – lost money just like the stock market, which has always been, as we just discussed two seconds ago – the opposite of that. So we had in 2022, bonds lost money, stocks lost money. Now we're sitting here and with the federal funds rate being as high as it is, it almost makes sense now to buy fixed products, fixed interest rates, because stock market is so volatile right now. Nobody really wants to be a part of it. That really just doesn't have to be. So are there alternatives? Yes, there are alternatives that you can buy out there that are safe. So let's talk about what those might be. So there are fixed instruments that have bonds as their underlying investment. Okay. That would be like insurance companies doing annuity contracts, potentially some life insurance companies on some whole life type products that might make sense at this point. But, you know, beyond that, people don't think of it this way, but in reality, a CD is a type of bond. A money market is really a short-term type of bond. It's a loan. Those things are pretty attractive right now because they're in the 4% to 5% range. I even had a guy come in the other day and told me that he got a 7% wow. Wow. six-month hmm. CD from a credit union. That's encouraging. Which I thought was a mind blower, and I wouldn't want to keep too much money with that credit union. <laughs> I would imagine, too, that it was probably a smaller amount of money yeah. where they... They use it to attract clients. <laughs> thousand still, bucks, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty attractive rate. So there's many other things that you can put money into, but you know, make no mistake, when we look at pension plans, when we look at bond portfolios, when we look at CDs, they are all tied to what the Federal Reserve Bank is charging for money right now that banks can borrow or investors can borrow. And that kind of sets the tone for what's going on. And, uh, you know, corporate rates are pretty decent right now. 
However, you know, I don't know. I'd be very careful on what corporate bonds you buy. Definitely stay with investment grade. I'm not so sure that high risk bonds or junk bonds, as we as they used to be called, uh, are a really good place. They look attractive in some cases, but I'm not sure it's a good place to be long term. I would say too. You know, this is all stuff that we'll explore in depth as far as what's right for each client when they come in for a a consultation. You know, we don't expect you to know what's necessarily best in these situations. As as we have said before on the show, most people will only retire one time and we retire multiple people every week. So, you know, we've seen a lot and we can help guide you into what makes the most sense for you. What we want to do is, you know, just make sure that we maximize the chances of success in retirement and we will use any and all tools necessary to do that based on your individual needs and goals. Yeah, and I think it's a very important point that you made there, Jake, is when people sit down with you, you're going to talk about the pros and cons of a lot of different products, but really it comes down to the individual, what their needs are, what their wants are, what their risk tolerance is. I mean, really there are no two portfolios that are exactly alike. No, that's for sure. Everybody's needs are different. Everybody's family dynamics are different. What they want to do in retirement, you know, some people want to sit and drink coffee and watch the grass grow. And some people want to travel the world or any combination thereof. You know, everybody has their own goals and dreams for retirement. And what we want to do is build portfolios that meet them where they are that fulfill their needs to the best of our ability. That's right. And loyal listeners to this program know what Grandma Maggard said is that, you know, everybody's kind of knows, but they're all different. And it is the same way with these portfolios that you design. There's no right or wrong retirement. The right retirement is the retirement that you desire. If you'd like to come and sit down with Randy and Jake at Floyd Financial Group and talk about what the right retirement plan is for your particular circumstances, certainly you can do that by calling 417 889 That call is going to get you a consultation with Randy and or Jake or both of them, obviously, to find out who you are and for you to find out who Randy and Jake are and come to an agreement as to the right path to take for your retirement. Once again, 417-889-7233. And as always, there's no cost for this consultation whatsoever. There is no obligation. And most importantly, I think there is no judgment. Randy and Jake will meet you where you are. Once again, 417-889-7233. You can also request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Time for a break, gentlemen. We'll be right back with a final portion of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to This is to Randy talk. Floyd, founder of Floyd Financial Group. If you're close to or in retirement and don't have a tax plan, get one. It could mean hundreds of thousands of dollars throughout your retirement. Our country has been spending like never before, And that tax bill is coming due. At Floyd Financial Group, we build tax strategies into retirement and investment plans designed to keep more of your gains. Take action. Call us at 417-889-7233 to schedule a retirement tax analysis today. That's 417-889-7233. After World War II, taxes reached 90% and were as high as 70% in the 80s. Don't be caught off guard. You can stop working and start living sooner than you might think. Call to schedule a virtual or in-person review. Our number is 417-889-7233. That's 417-889-7233. Or visit us online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Ready to climb a mountain of financial know-how? Good. Because it's time for more Show Me the Money with your financial Sherpa, Randy Floyd. 
Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And to wrap up today, our final segment's going to be, and I get this question, and we all do, you know, when is this market going to level out? When's it going to get normal and go back to something that is sane? Yeah. <laughs> Define sane, I guess. Well, certainly we had sanity in the past as far as the market goes, and that's a pretty good question, Randy. So I'll ask you, when is the market going to return to normal or at least some state of sanity? So here's what I would say about that, Jeff. There's a couple of things we need to realize is if we were to look back over our shoulder 25 years, was society running at a slower or faster pace then than now? Yeah, 25 years, I think it was a little bit slower, certainly, or yeah. a lot. And certainly before the cell phone, yeah. which would have been in the mid-80s, right, we were definitely going at a slower pace. Do you remember the thing that you used to put on your belt called a pager? Oh, yes, I had one of those. <laughs> beep, beep, you'd have to pull over, go into a phone booth, and make sure you had a, exactly. qu- a quarter. I remember the days when I was, before I owned this business and was involved here, I was in outside sales and I covered sometimes 900 miles in a day to cover some of my territory, right? Yeah. And so I remember I would call in at 10 for messages. I knew if I was okay at 10, I would be fine until two. And then if I called in at two, I knew I was done for the day. Now, let me ask you, would Gone that work those today? Days, my friend. <laughs> Yeah, I had an answering machine where it had a little thing and you called in a number and you put up the little device and it made a funny noise and it would play your messages. Boy, those were the dinosaur yeah. days. And it had a cassette in it too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was actually thinking the other day about pay phones and how the 25 cents for a call in the 80s was like highway robbery. Yeah. I mean, 25 <laughs> cents is, was a lot of money back then as well, far as from, from a phone call it standpoint. Was. I mean, if you need to make several phone calls, I mean, you, so know, you, you I got have a good salary. I got my first cell phone in my car in 1991, yep, I yep. think is when, when I got it. Mm-hmm. It was through Altel, yep. and it was a dollar a minute. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 Is what it was to call. How and, bad do you really need to make that call? <laughs> so, you know, I was in the food business, right? So mm-hmm. uh, serving restaurants and that sort of thing is what we did. I worked for a distributor. And so... It really got me a lot of business, though, because everybody knew they could call me mm-hmm. last minute, and I could put their order in. And we used to put their order into this thing called a Telzon. And what you would do is you'd dial up a phone number and stick it on there to go, Yep. Yep. You remember? <laughs> and, and, and it would send people's orders through, but they knew they could call me last minute and get it added. I think yeah. we need to make a video of you doing that noise and put it on the website just for everybody's enjoyment. Anyway, but, is, yeah, I mean, how far have we come? I, at, like you said, I mean, I had a car that had a, a phone that was built into it. And like you said, it was some horrendous price to make that. Now, a cell phone isn't just a way to make a phone call, but it's a way to communicate with the world. And I mean, technology right. is just incredible these days. But let's go back to the market and the big question is Randy when is this market going to return to some semblance of what we think is normality so a couple things have to happen there but I will say this we will never go back to the days where it's a set it and forget it setup to invest you just can't mm-hmm. go there now everything happens too fast when's the market going to straighten out so Jerome Powell has his job to do and he's trying to break the economy and turn this thing around and slow things down a little bit right now and get our arms back around our business as a country. I remember years ago, and I hate to go back to the food business again, but I remember that we were purchased, the company I worked for, by a little bitty concern called Kraft Foods. (laughs) And... (laughs) 
little one. We were merging our companies together. Right. And in the middle of that, there was another division of Kraft Foods up in Kansas City that was in the caves in Kansas City. There's a whole network of warehouses and caves up there. Right. Well, they had a fire in the cave. I've never quite figured that one out. But anyway, they had a fire in the cave and it shut down that distribution point. And so we had to take on all of their distribution as well as what we had and cover basically about three-fourths of the state of Missouri out of Salem, Missouri, which is in the middle of nowhere. But I remember that all of a sudden we were thrown to the wind. We were operating 24 hours a day, seven days a week, running extra crews. We were trying to do everything that we could to manage our business and get our arms around our business. And the problem was all this velocity and all of this new business, kind of like when we printed $6 trillion and put it into the system, sent people home and did all these things that we did to create this mess we're in. It took a while for us to right the ship and get our arms back around our business. And that's what's happening right now. And that's what Jerome Powell is trying to do is slow things down, get people to take a breath and go, okay, let's start again here and let's be productive people. Let's be positive people. Let's be solution oriented. Let's not fight each other on every side and corner. Mm -hmm. Let's get back to creativity and positivity when we can actually turn that corner. And I think we need a new president to do that probably. Right. I think we can make America great again. And if we are waiting for things to return to normal, if I'm hearing you correctly, Randy, we'll never return to what we considered normal in the past. There's going to be a new normal. So what does this new normal really look like? So faster trading, more volatile. I mean, we're already seeing this. One of the uh, online trading companies, Robinhood, now is uh, about to offer, or maybe they are offering by now. I know they talked about five-day-per-week, 24-hour trading. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of when we used to own a country store and we were open, you know, five and a half days a week. We were open Monday through Friday, a half a day Saturday, mm -hmm. and we knew that Sunday we were off. Right. We were gone. We had, we had our day of rest. Then all of a sudden, everybody started opening seven days a week. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, they're open 24 hours a day. Now, it's the same business getting done, right? Yeah. It's just that everybody was trying to steal business by making think, it more convenient. And boys and girls, I, I think, think we've shows. just about arrived to the point to where we don't, we don't have any more time to give. And so things are just going to continue to be fast. They're going to be faster moving than ever. And for people that are retiring, I'm not so sure that you want to be managing your money because it's going to be a daily grind for you to feel like you're on top of, of doing that. With the challenges, certainly, of managing your money as great as they are, I think what you just said is that for the average investor to do it themselves, it's just not possible these days. That's why it's so important to have a financial advisor such as yourself to guide this ship through these choppy waters. I think it's possible, Jeff, but I think the average person, especially around here, doesn't really want to become an investment expert. Right. And, you know, they want to go enjoy their retirement, you know. I mean, I think it's possible for somebody to manage their own yeah, stuff. Yeah, I agree. But... I just think one of the things that makes America great is you do what you do great, I do what I do great, and we hire each other when we're <laughs> needing each other, and everybody flourishes. You know, I don't want to be an HVAC expert. I want to call somebody to come and fix my air conditioner when it's broken. Right. You know, I don't want to spend a year trying to figure out how to fix it, you know, and then by the time I get it fixed, 
it's 100 degrees outside, you know. So I think that's what, again, what makes, that's the essence of what makes America great. And that's why we devote the majority of our time, uh, sometimes it feels like all of our time, to, you know, the investment world, the investment business, where, where money is moving, what, what things are coming down the pike from a re- regulation standpoint, is so that we can really provide the most value possible to the people that come in our doors. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I've heard this phrase, I was taught at the highest and best use of your time. I mean, I do what I do well, but I could fix my lawnmower, but there's a guy around the corner who will fix that lawnmower for me. And, you know, I'm supporting him. He's supporting me. We're supporting each other. And that's what makes the world go round. We're talking with Randy and Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. Randy, I want you to repeat that story. You're telling me about a fellow, I guess he would be the ultimate DIYer, but he was getting ready to retire and he had bought himself a motorhome, I guess. And he and his wife were Mm -hmm. in your office to tell you about that motorhome. Can you repeat that story? Yeah, he came in and he said, I got my motorhome uh, purchased. We're all set up. We're getting ready to go on our trip. And he said, best of all, and this has been a few years ago, he said, I got a little dish on the side of there. So when I park, I can flip my dish out there and I got internet and I can manage my money. I got my computer right there. I can do it every day. And I looked at his wife and she looked at me and she says to him, then I'm not going. <laughs> so I think that's I think that's yeah. case in point a little bit. I mean, not that people can't do it. I, I think that people are smart and intelligent, and if they want to study it, yes, they can do it. But I'm not sure that's retirement. Yeah, and managing your own money is very emotional. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things we we try to provide is to take the emotion out of investing assets. Even managing our own assets, it can become emotional. So I think taking the emotion out of it, you can make better decisions, uh, especially when when things are tough. And that's the reason why doctors, you know, don't operate on family members because it's just too emotionally close. I mean, you know, taking the emotion out of money, I think helps clarify things a little bit, helps you make better financial decisions. And that's really what it's all about at Floyd Financial Group is making the best financial decisions, irregardless if that's a word of the emotional aspect of things. And, you know, that's where everybody is completely equal. Yeah, so Jeff, you know, everybody's money is important. We treat everybody the same here. You know, oftentimes we talk about that we can actually be more impactful for someone that maybe hasn't been as fortunate and is blessed to have a really huge portfolio. If I got a guy coming in here that's got $12 million, while I can, you know, maybe make him some extra money and I can protect him on the downside, I'm not really going to change his life on a daily basis. But if I got somebody that's got two, three, four hundred, maybe 500,000, or maybe even less than that, there's some real impact that we can have to protect and grow and ensure their retirement success. If you'd like to talk with Randy and Jake and be treated, you know, like they would treat their brother, sister, mother, father, you know, aunt, uncle, cousin, that sort of thing, get in and sit down with Randy and Jake of Floyd Financial Group and see how you can get yourself on a path to retirement in which you will not only survive, but you'll also thrive. Once again, the number to get your no-cost, no-obligation, no-judgment plan, 417-889-7233, 417-889-7233. You can also request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Gentlemen, we are out of time for this week. I want to thank you for your time, but most of all, I want to thank the fine people here at the last bastion of sanity, Springfield, Missouri, for joining us. For Randy and Jake, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out, have a great weekend in this great part of the country that we live in. We'll talk again next week with another edition of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk.
The information provided in the preceding program is for educational purposes only and are not intended as investment advice for any individual or entity. All information contained is here and believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representations as to its completeness or accuracy. The views presented today are those of Randy and Jake Floyd. The opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and do not constitute financial, legal, or tax advice. Please consult your financial professional before executing any financial strategy. Investment advisory services offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.